in heaven, that heavenly host. You guys did so well. And uh, this is really the signification of uh, this young man having found peace. And uh, peace from the Prince of Peace. We're so grateful for that. Um, and uh, we're thankful again for parents who are the primary disciple makers, parents and guardians. And we're so thankful for the work that you're doing in the lives of your children. We very much just stand by your side and uh, encourage, if you ever have any questions about that, myself or Brandon or any of the pastors, respect to your own home and families. You try to organize that uh, to bring glory to the Lord. And, uh, you know, the greatest gift, moms and dads and guardians, you can give to your children is just access to the truth of the Bible. And uh, if you can organize your life in a way that consistently gives them that opportunity, you have done well. And uh, obviously we can't force our children to accept that, right? That's a work of the Holy Spirit in their life. Uh, but we certainly can do our part as parents, guardians, grandparents even. I'm a grandparent now, so I put a little bit of pressure in that whole world and encourage my sons to be sure to get my grandchildren to church. And so we're delighted we have another opportunity to, uh, uh, to baptize a young man whose mom and dad have just been tremendous to the question of disciple making. So I'm going to have Ben come and share with us his testimony. By the way, Ben, uh, he is the, um, I don't know if you remember the little dad joke I told a, a week or so ago. This is, I don't know if you're the author, but, uh, no, no, but, but he was the conduit through which it came. So it's a delight here to hear Ben's testimony. So here's our little microphone, Ben. Okay. So he's going to tell us how he came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. So when I was about four or five years old, my sister Ella came to my room at night and said, what if Jesus comes tonight? I didn't want to go to hell, so I went downstairs and asked my parents how to get saved. I prayed the prayer, but I didn't mean it. Nothing changed. Then, in 2021, when I was nine, I came to Penile on Wednesday after the evening sermon. My counselor, Mr. Zane, asked, if, asked us if anyone wanted to talk about their salvation. I didn't know if I was truly saved, so I went with him to one of the cabins on the lake. There he talked it over with me, and I asked God to forgive me for my sins and accept me into the kingdom of God. And since that time, my temper has improved, and I actually, and now I actually want to memorize the Bible verses given to me and, and read my Bible every night. Amen. I know that works don't save me, only Jesus Christ, because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that who, anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Because of this, I want to get baptized as a public sign of faith as commanded in Acts 2.38. Amen. Amen. Well said. Well, that was to Dad. But he did on the first step, so I'm going to rescue it from the wave. You know, the Puritans reminded us that our homes are like a little church. And Dads, you are the pastors of those churches. And Moms, you're the assistant pastors. I'm not exactly sure what that makes the sisters. Maybe the deaconesses, I'm not sure, but uh, I think many of us have made professions of faith under the burden of our family members. I remember my brother used to pin me down on the ground and say, you have to get saved, you have to get saved. I don't know exactly how Ella approached it, but we're so thankful for uh, the ministry of siblings in our lives, and um, so that's a delight. Thank you, girls, for your love for Ben. So we're going to do this, all right? I think we're going to turn this one. We're going to... 
this thumb off that. It's going to knock your head. All right, so one here, and I'm going to plug your nose. Okay. Ben Huang, upon your profession of faith and evident fruits of repentance, it's a delight to baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. like a community swimming pool today. So we have <laughs> pastors and people coming in and out. Good morning. Good morning. Chuck's about to enter the tank. Many of you prayed for Chuck for months. Chuck first saw the testimony of Jesus in Heidi's life and then John Walker's life, who's now home with the Lord. And many of you prayed. Uh, Mike Sabo discipled him through the gospel. And uh, late this summer, I had the privilege of sitting down with Chuck at Overlook Park here in Menin the Lake and seeing Chuck come to know Christ as his Savior. And uh, Mike and I have continued to disciple him, primarily Mike. And uh, his desire was to get baptized before the new year. So I'll let him read his testimony at this time. My childhood, I grew up believing in God, but never practiced or understood what religion was really about. Last year, I started dating Heidi, and she introduced me to what I was missing. I started attending church on Sunday mornings with her and wanted more. I started discipling with Mike on Wednesday nights and started going through the Foundations book. I started having an overwhelming feeling of my sinfulness and wanted to, to do better. Still not just there, I met with Pastor Tim. With Heidi, Mike, Pastor Tim, and all the examples from people here, I finally realized I needed and wanted God to be in control of my life and to have him as my savior. Understanding this, I prayed with Pastor Tim and asked the Lord Jesus to forgive me of my sins, and I placed my faith in him as my Lord and Savior. I'm here today to obey the Lord. in your life and you want to obey the Lord in this way, I'm proud to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. which I think is a beautiful thing. So Pastor Mark will come at this time and baptize his sweet neighbor.
This is my neighbor, Chris. We moved to Mentor oh, about a year ago. If you remember Pastor Potter Sr., one of his prayers was that we would pray that God would guide us to them and them to us. I don't know if you remember that prayer. <clears throat> Chris comes to my door after we introduced ourselves doing yard work. So she comes to my door a few weeks later and she asks for uh, a, a time of, of talking, a time of, of uh, yeah, just some questions. And I said, can you give me some idea of what you want to talk about? She says, spiritual matters. So we got together and we were able to talk about salvation and I'm going to let her tell her the rest of the story. Rest of the story. Hi, my name is Christy Bielek. My journey to this baptismal pool has been a long one. My father was raised in the Lutheran church and my mother was raised in the Christian science church. For some reason unbeknown to me, she then became Episcopalian. My mother was a very religious person, however, I do not know if she or my father were ever born again. When my parents moved to Texas, where I was born, there were no Lutheran or Episcopal churches where they lived, so they joined the Methodist Church there. From that time forward, they continued to worship with the Methodist Church, and it was there that I was baptized as an infant. My religious journey was mostly a Sunday routine. My parents made church and Sunday school imperative for my two older sisters and me. I liked Sunday school. It was taught using the popular, easy-to-understand Bible stories, followed by worksheets and crafts. It was fun. I went to vacation Bible school in the summer. As a young teen, I was active with the youth group, and I sang in the junior choir. I thought that I was building a firm Christian foundation. The bigger picture here, though, is that unfortunately, I never connected any of those activities with the real reasons for doing them. The seeds were planted, they were just never fertilized. As a young adult, I stopped going to church. Too many other things to focus my attention on jobs, friends, parties, boyfriends, etc. I was living a very selfish lifestyle with no time or thought given to God. But occasionally I felt the need to pray, but I didn't do it with the right intention, only for selfish reasons. It didn't take long for church and religion to take a back seat in my life again. Fast forward to my marriage. My husband was raised in a very Catholic home. While we were engaged in thinking about our future together, we had a serious conversation about what religion we would raise our children in. I made the choice that I would convert to Catholicism. I met with a priest, made the sacraments, and got confirmed. After we married, we attended church faithfully every Sunday, all the Holy Feast days and confessions. I believed that I was being saved and going to God's heavenly kingdom when I died because I did all those things. Little did I know at that time, those things could not save me. One would think that making that conversion would turn up a very dim light for me about God and why he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and rise again from the dead. But that did not happen. 
We had three daughters, all 13 months apart. It was almost like having triplets with a short amount of time between their births. And we did what we had committed to when we were married. They went through all the sacred rites, baptism, confession, and first communion, and confirmation. When they matured into young adults, they stopped going to church for the same reasons that I did when I was that age. I realize now that as parents, we certainly did not spend nearly enough time ourselves, nor with our girls, reading and teaching the Bible. Everyday life just kept getting in the way, and we allowed it. In 2018, I was invited to attend an alpha series of non-denominational small group classes on learning about Christian values and how to foster a deeper relationship with God. That series helped to jumpstart my want of a deep personal relationship with Jesus. But again, that still wasn't enough to fuel, to really ignite the fire in my heart and soul that I yearned for. Something was missing and I still felt lost. About two years, maybe two and a half years ago, I began doubting what my conversion really meant to me. What was my belief like? I had many other questions that made me ask what was happening, and I was hearing from the pastoral leaders in my church. I began to realize that I had made that conversion to appease my relationship with my husband and everyone but me. I had made many grand gestures to find a relationship with the Son of God. There had to be a different approach to finding my personal place with him. In one of my daily readings that I still half-heartedly kept up with, a question was posed, how has knowing the vastness of God's extensive reach affected your faith? Well, at my ripe age of 68, he nudged my heart again and made me realize that I still needed something more because I did not know the answer to that question. So at that time, I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me my sin and come into my life. I asked and prayed to be saved. I became hungry for more knowledge about faith and a life with Jesus Christ. And I couldn't, after all my attempts at doing it, find that deeply personal relationship with Jesus. And then it happened, gloriously. To me, this was a miracle. God brought Pastor Mark and Carol into my life. And might I add all praise to our glorious God? Amen. Out of the blue, he sent messengers of the word to me, the ones he hand chose to shepherd me. I believe with all my heart and soul that God knew I needed them in my life right then. What more proof did I need that God was working on me and in me still? He had not given up on me. I was given the opportunity to open my heart and soul to them and ask for guidance. Their love of God and his word and the vast knowledge that they were and are willing to share has opened a new understanding of who God is 
and his purpose for me. Now I'm beginning to understand the vastness of God's extensive reach in my life. Psalm 30, 40, verse one through four reads, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. I now know and understand God's gift to the world, his son Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross for my sins. He died once for my sins and was resurrected from the dead to sit at the right hand of God. And he will come again in glory, great glory, and all those who have repented of their sin and have placed their faith in him will have eternal life. He has forgiven me of my sin and given mercy to me while continuing to draw me close to him. I feel him working in me every day. Romans 12 verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind. I now spend a lot less time watching and listening to the problems of the world that used to pull me away from the Son of God. I am always rethinking what or how I should speak. Is it with loving kindness and respect or not? Am I communicating with him often in prayer? Am I allowing him to use me as a messenger of hope and truth and love? Am I being a good steward of his words? Am I living an obedient life that Jesus has asked me to do? I am a sinner, but I know that God has forgiven me through repentance and faith in Christ. He sent his son to bear witness of the truth to all men and to forgive and save those who would believe. For the first time in my life at my senior age, I have complete and unwavering faith in Jesus Christ and that he in his righteousness is my savior, my refuge, and my strength. Amen. This is my new life in Christ now to keep praying, reading the word, constantly giving thanks for his patience and presence within me and rejoicing in the knowledge that I am a true child of God in all ways. I want to be baptized not only because Jesus commands it, but to publicly declare my faith in Jesus Christ. I believe that the following verses sum up my Christian life. It's from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy 
inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. staying together. All of God's faithful said, Amen. Amen. So be it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you have so faithfully and consistently drawn these dear souls to you. We thank you, Lord, for the miraculous work of the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, which has quickened their hearts and lives and transform them from being creatures of death to new creatures who understand and know life eternal in Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be eyewitnesses and ear witnesses of that grace today through these baptisms. We thank you for the proclamation of your word. Lord, I pray that in this Christmas season, each of us that are and a personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ would be proclaimers of this peace on earth that has been given to men in the person of Jesus, that you would give us opportunity to share the peace of Christ with our dear friends and family who so desperately need him. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this Lord's Day where we can focus on these divine things and on your person. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You are dismissed.